the resurrection of Jesus was the turning point for his, for, for his first followers. The first followers were called um, by Jesus and by themselves witnesses. There's kind of two aspects of witnesses. One of the things that that communicates about the first followers of Jesus that as witnesses they had personally experienced uh, Jesus' miracles, his words. Uh, some of them were there the day that he died on the cross. They personally experienced that with him. There were some of them that went to the empty tomb on the first Sunday morning, that first Easter. And they saw that firsthand. Uh, all of them, the first followers of Jesus, saw Jesus resurrected from the dead when he appeared to them. Many of them saw Jesus ascend to the Father and they knew that Jesus had gone to heaven and that he was sitting at the right hand of God because ten days later, as he said he would, he sent his Spirit on them on the day of Pentecost. And when the Spirit came upon them, they began to proclaim the things that they had seen and heard. And so witnesses are those and the first followers of Jesus. We would say they experienced things with their eyes. They heard things with their ears. They touched his body, Thomas. But the other aspect of a witness, a witness is one who gives testimony, who proclaims what it is that they have personally experienced and so when the Spirit came upon the first followers 2,000 years ago, on the day of Pentecost, they began to proclaim as they experienced the power of His presence. But the resurrection was the turning point. And when Peter stands that first day and preaches the first sermon... He describes the resurrection of Jesus as the turning point in Jesus' life. In Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 22 through 36, and I'm only going to read it once this morning. When you only have 25 minutes, you, you can only read it once. What I'm asking you this morning is listen closely to what Peter said in the first sermon of all the things he could preach about he preached about the resurrection of Jesus he says in verse 22 of Acts 2 men of Israel hear these words Jesus of Nazareth a man attested by God to you by miracles wonders and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourselves also know him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. 
For David says concerning him, and this is in Psalm 16, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. And this is a key verse. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, this is what Peter said, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, who wrote those words, that he is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Ted and Barbara, in a couple months, I'm going to go there. And when I go to Jerusalem, there's going to be a tomb there where they buried David. And he's still there. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would rise, raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus, God, has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into heaven, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and and Christ. The resurrection of Jesus was the turning point in his life. And there's several things, there's three things that I pick up from the words of Peter uh, that Peter would respond, because he lives, this is what we know. And the first one of those is, because he lives, um, his identity is verified. Peter communicated in that first sermon. He said, we know Jesus is the Messiah because he has been raised from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus verifies his identity that he was the Messiah, the special sent one of God. All the Old Testament prophecies, we're talking about those all these weeks, are pointing to one who was coming. There was one who was coming. And part of the prophecy that Peter uses from Psalm 16 is David said that the Messiah, the special one, would, his, his body would not see corruption. The grave would not be able to hold him. And Peter says on that day, we know this is him because Jesus has been raised from the dead. Do you realize the resurrection of Jesus had happened less than seven weeks before this and Peter stands there and says he's been raised from the dead all they had to do that day 
was to take Peter to the tomb and said, no, there's this dead body rotting right there. But they couldn't do it. And Peter's contention is he must be that special one that God has said all these years he will come. Not just because of his miracles, not just because of his death on the cross, because he, the prophecy said that he would be raised from the dead because he lives. His identity as the Messiah is verified. Secondly, one of the things that Peter was teaching was that because he lives, his eternity is secured. This is kind of my favorite point because I think Peter goes to the words of David. And we talked about this last week. The greatest of all the Old Testament people is David, a man after God's own heart. And God said, I'm going to bring someone in your line. But Peter says to them, as great as David is, his grave is in this very city where we are. David died and stayed in the grave. But Jesus was raised from the dead. He was bodily resurrected, and 40 days after that time, he ascended to the Father, and even though they could not see it, they had to believe. If you see somebody dead, raised, his body transformed, and lift up into heaven, the only conclusion you can come to from the scriptures of the Old Testament is he is Lord in Christ. In fact, that's what he says. God has declared him, made him to be Lord and Christ, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. His eternity was secured because they saw him in a, in a resurrected heavenly body ascend to heaven. It's going to be important for us in just a minute when we think about the implications for our life. That resurrected Lord sends the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And I think that was the third thing that Peter would have said. Because he lives, thirdly, his power is outpoured. Peter said, you want to know what this is that you experience today as you see the Spirit fall upon the followers of Jesus? This is the resurrected Lord who sits at the right hand of the Father, who, as he said, was going to pour the Spirit and we have experienced the presence of his power. Jesus poured out his spirit on his followers as the risen, exalted Lord. And that spirit uh, transformed their lives. And it empowered them to proclaim the message of all that Jesus had done. Yes, about his death on the cross, but he is the, he is the one and the only because he was raised from the dead. That was the message they proclaimed on the first time when the church stood publicly to proclaim the message of Jesus. They proclaimed that the Lord is risen and he has poured out his spirit upon us. And now today, 2,000 years later, the message of Easter is the same because the reality of 2,000 years ago is still the reality today. We've said it. 
I don't know if we believe it. It's not just that we remember that Jesus was raised from the dead 2,000 years ago. What we proclaim today is Jesus is still alive. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have any indication that somehow, after sitting at the right hand of the Father, that somehow he said, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. What do we have to conclude today? From the word of the scripture and what they experienced 2,000 years ago, yes, he was raised from the dead. Yes, he ascended to the Father. Yes, they experienced him seated at the right hand of the Father and pouring out the Spirit. Jesus still is alive and sits at the throne today. He is still Lord. He is still Christ. And what he did in their lives, he wants to do in our lives. The message from 2,000 years ago is the same message today. And what I want you to think about is these three statements for our lives today. Because he lives, we need to be confronted, as Peter confronted the culture and the world of his day, that Jesus' identity has been verified. He is the one. He is the only. He is the one who came back from the dead. He is the only one. He would say, I am the only way to the Father. In a culture that looks for a lot of different roads to heaven, the resurrection message is because he lives, his identity as the only way to the Father is verified. Do you understand what I'm saying to you this morning? The second thing we, we are confronted by is that his eternity is secured. I love this point. If you were going to trust your life with someone to get you to glory... Don't you think you ought to trust the one who proved that he got there? <laughs> I think Peter would say that day, if you're trusting in the words of David, the reality is we don't really know what happened to David. And we trust that his spirit, yes, went to, the, went to be with God, yes. But Jesus went beyond that by his bodily resurrection and his ascension to the Father. I love this point. If you're going to trust your life to someone... To get you there, don't you think you ought to trust your life to the one who proved that he got there? Amen? What a wonderful truth for us today. And the third thing is that his power is outpoured still on us today. He is still the risen Lord. He still sends his spirit to be his presence of power. And he pours out his spirit on us and what this reminds me of today is Jesus did not come just to get us there he came to to change us and use us in the here and now until we go there he wants to come in his power of presence and change our lives and use us to proclaim the message, the gospel of hope and life. For us as a church, that's the end goal. I'm just telling you. That's why we're here. That's what this is about. Yes, we are here, and we proclaim as a church that Jesus is the only one. We can verify his identity. Yes, we are here to say that because Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave, that he has the power when you trust your life, you surrender your life to him, to get you there. But there's more than that. The end goal 
for us as a church is that Jesus, in his power of presence, would transform us and use us wherever we are, whatever you are going through. The message of Easter for you today, 2,000 years later, think about it. Whatever your circumstances are, as dark as you think they could be, whatever hopeless situation you may find yourself in, the message of Easter is that if Jesus can take that which is dead and rotting and transform it into that which is glorious and eternal, he has the power to change me and to change the circumstances in which I pass through. Amen? Amen. And that's the message of Easter. And you see, I guess when we get back down to it, the resurrection was the turning point for the first followers of Jesus. The resurrection was the turning point for Jesus. And the resurrection for us today reminds us that he can be our turning point in life. Whether we need to trust him with our eternity, whether we need to surrender to him to change and transform our life, he has the power to do all of that. And he proved it by his own resurrection. This morning I'm going to ask you to stand and... Um, our time of invitation is a time for you to respond uh, to the message. Yes, it's 2,000 years old, but it's as relevant today as it's ever been. And whatever it is, whatever turning points you need in our life, in your life, Jesus has the power to do that. And so we invite you to respond in this time.